Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for an opportunity to remember you in communion. And Father, now as we get ready to look into your word, we ask that you will reveal yourself even the more. And Father, we also want to thank you for having an opportunity for us to worship you in giving. Because you have given us a great and mighty uh, gift in your son. So God, we just want to thank you and honor you for all that you have done for us and all that you're doing for us this day. We thank you and we honor you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we are into the second episode of our series called Disciples. And in this second episode, where we are going, we are going to talk about the scope. And my uh, opening sentence or thing for this is people are meant to live the life God has called them to. People are meant to live the life that God has called them to. And our scope is to provide examples through our conduct and seek to live more in accordance with the word of God. And as we have said before, the first episode that we did was called The Mission. And in that episode, we talked about when Jesus commissioned us to go out and to spread the gospel. When we talked about the fact that we cannot just focus on the converts, but we also must go to the next level and talk about the discipleship portion of what Jesus declared. Well, today we're going to be talking about the scope. And the scope, if we can look at our definitions, the first definition is mission. Mission is that which a messenger or agent is charged, an errand, business or duty on which one is sent, a commission. The next definition is disciple. One who receives instruction from another, a scholar, a learner, especially a follower who has learned to believe in the truth of the doctrine of his teaching, an adherent in doctrine. And the final definition for today is scope. Scope is that which is purposed to be reached or accomplished. Hence, the ultimate design, the aim or purpose, the intent tension, the drift, the object. And so we are going to be looking at the purpose of the Great Commission. And I need us to grab hold of something about it. it we're going to be in Matthew, the 20th chapter, starting at the 16th verse, going through the 20th verse in the English Standard Version. And it says, now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. To the end of the age. Another scripture that we have is coming from 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter. 
First Corinthians, the seventh chapter, going to the seventeenth verse. It says, "Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him, and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches." Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it falls upon the good soul of our hearts in Jesus' name. So let's look at this. Last week we talked about Matthew 28, and we went into that and looked at how the church is supposed to be this place where people come in, and not only are they converted, but they also begin to move along a path to become followers, scholars, learned of who Jesus is. We have a lot of people that have been converted, but not a lot of people that have become followers. Because if they have become followers, there will be some adjustments in their lives. Now, we're not pointing fingers, we're not throwing stones, but we're just saying that when you follow after someone, you kind of look like them, you kind of act like them, because you are following after them. You're not just saying that you are a person that is this type. For instance, we have this thing called stolen valor, where there's a lot of people who will sit up here and say that they were in the military and that they were uh, a, a SEAL and that they were all these things and they'll have all these medals on their uniform. And, and, and sometimes it's comical because they'll have on like a, a Marine Corps uniform with army medals on it. So we already know they're wrong, but they going to tell you up and down that they've been all over the world, that their missions were so classified and top secret that they can't tell you, they had to tell you somebody would come by your house and kill you in the middle of the night because it's so classified. You, they, they, they come up with all these things, but then you meet a person that has actually experienced that, and guess what? You don't know it. Why? Because they, they have lived the life. They, know, they don't have to show it off. They don't have to be about it because they've already lived it. And they know what it's like. And they know how it is. And they know that this is not something that I'm necessarily proud of, but it's something that I did in order to uh, protect my country. And I'm not trying to get no, no special accolades for it. And it's the same thing with... The word Christian, Christian has now become the watchword. Christian has now become, oh, I'm a Christian. But then when we look at the actions, we see that the actions don't correspond to the meaning of the word Christian. The Christian means one that acts like Christ. So that means you're a disciple or you are a disciplined one. You are a follower of Christ. So if you're not following Christ, but you say you're a Christian, I guess we can say that you're trying to steal the valor of what it is to be a Christian. I'm not trying to point fingers at nobody today. I'm just saying observations that I have seen. When you go out and you are living your life, which is the, the scope of this thing, Jesus didn't want everybody to go to a monastery. Jesus did not want everybody to go and be by themselves. Jesus did that. That's not what Jesus wanted. Jesus wanted you to live your life 
in your bubble or your circle of influence in such a way that people would know there's something different about you. That's what the scope of this is. That's what the purpose of this is. You ever wonder why Jesus didn't go to the folks that thought they was all right? Did you ever wonder why? Because you couldn't tell them nothing. Because they already knew, they had already knew all the, all the processes, all the procedures, all the things that they need to do in order to look. But Jesus said, just like God told Samuel when he was trying to find the next king, he says, man looks on the outside, but I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the heart. I ain't even have my notes, y'all, but that, this is just what's on my mind right now. So we got to look at how our heart is reflecting our exterior actions. Now, wait a minute. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can't fool nobody but yourself. Because if your heart not right, then your actions not going to be right. I can't, I can't explain it no better than that. Your heart is not going to lie. That's why Jesus says that the conversion is an internal conversion. It's not an external conversion. I can walk around all day and say that I'm a, car, uh, uh, I'm a car. I can even go live in a garage. But when you try to get inside of me, it ain't going to happen. Because if you're grabbing on me trying to get inside, we're going to have a fight. So we can't be just what we say. There has to be some type of metamorphosis that occurs so that we can become what it is that God wants us to be. So, I, I, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We got to look at this thing. We, we're, so, we're so busy, those of us that are in the super saved category, we're so busy going around telling people to follow Jesus and we're telling people to live for Jesus, but we're not showing them how that looks. We're not showing them how that occurs. We're not showing them this is what it's like. It's not like I got to put on a... Uh, uh, go jump in the telephone booth, take off my civilian clothes, and put on my Superman suit. That's not how this functions. This is how I live my life every day. And so what we have to realize is that we have fallen so deeply into a dualistic society where we live one way on this side, and we live one way. Some of us, uh, I used to have a, 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 uh, a way that I acted at work, and I had a way that I acted at home. Back before I got saved, I'd be at work, I'd cuss you out in a minute, but I never cussed in front of my wife and my children. Never. Sometimes they pushed me to try to make me, but it wouldn't work. But I, at work, I cussed you out in a minute. I even greeted you with cuss words back in the day. But then, when God started doing some things with me, I said, oh, I can't be, what we call it back in the day, two-faced. Right. We can't be too, this is me, this is how I am. And so, so then we also try to use that as justification. This is how I am. Well, you need to get something different because you ain't acting right. But anyway, okay, so uh, my point is we got to get rid of the dualism. We can't be living two different ways. We can't live one way in front of our boys, in front of our girls, and be a different way at home. That's causing confusion. And so we got to live a life that reflects Christ in all aspects of what we do. The whole thing about this scope, the whole purpose, when you, get, when you accept Christ into your life, you begin the process of becoming a follower. 
It is, again, it is not to tell you to go join a monastery. It's not to tell you to go only hang out with Christians. It's not a, that, that's not the purpose. It's to live your life. And if, and if you live in the life according to the word of God, people will look and glorify your father, which is in heaven, because they say it's a change. There was a there's a song that's, that that uh said that uh, uh the angels in heaven done changed my name it, and, and and what they would what they would do is they were they were talking about how it's not something that I did but it's the divine interaction with who I am that has caused me to change how. I interact with folks. They say, I looked at my hands and my hands look new. It's the same hands. It's just my perception of my hands done changed. My feet did too. Why? Because I got new shoes? No, because the way I look at my feet, the way that I go and the things that I do, it has now changed. We have to realize that the life we live in is representing the Christ that we proclaim. Now, if you were to look at your life over yesterday, look straight ahead and nobody will know I'm talking about you. If you were to look over your life yesterday and do go, look through the, the, the rewind of your life from yesterday, was your life an example of Christ to others that was around you? That's all I'm going to ask you. I want you to reflect on this. Am I living this life that is reflecting the change that I declare that has happened? When you say I am, that means I'm a follower of. When you say I am, that means you are a follower of. So if you say you're a Christian, that means you are following the precepts, the concepts, and the principles of what Christ did on this earth. Are you loving your neighbor as you love yourself? Are you loving God with your heart, your soul, your mind, all that is within you? Are you doing those things? Are you showing this compassion to one toward another? Are you looking for an opportunity to help the poor and the orphans? Or what are you doing in order to show that you are a follower of Jesus Christ? I, I listen. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that any of us are perfect. I'm just saying every once in a while we need to come together and talk about we need to do better. We need to reveal better. We are in a time period where there are people that are looking for hope. And we believe that there's hope in God. Some of us know that there's hope in God. But we ain't telling nobody because we don't want them to know that we got hope in God. That sounds like selfishness to me, but all right. So we have to find a, a, a way. We have to get our mind set into the right direction that nowhere, no matter where I am, no matter where I am, I am going to reflect Christ. Now let me tell you something. When you make that determination, it's going to come up at what you consider the most inopportune moments. i never forget, uh, we, was, we were with some friends, and one of my friends said, he said, well, I guess I'm going to hell. And I said, well, you know you ain't got to. And he said, oh, Lord, here come the preacher. But it, it was an opportunity. And he was like, 
He just leave me alone. I said, well, you open the door. I was just stepping through it. And so we have to always realize that there's chances for us to reflect. Whenever somebody said they had an issue, Jesus said, I have an answer. But he never forced the answer on nobody. That's why sometimes I, you can, sometimes, now, I'm not against street preaching. I really ain't. I, I've done it for a while. And, but there has to be not just the opportunity to help people to, to know who Jesus is, but there has to be some follow-on, some connection, some revelation to the person so that they can get better. I have met some homeless people that love Jesus, mm -hmm. and they live their life in a loving manner. Yes. And, and when we would go downtown in Waikiki to preach to them folks, them folks had already had the church already set up. They had a little area already cleaned off and, and sitting there waiting on the church to start. And they'd be like, preacher, y'all preaching today? And we'd be like, yes, sir. He said, okay, I'm in my spot. And they'd come up, and they, he'd be like, I'm the, I brought my friends. I told them they need to hear about Jesus. And we would preach Jesus to them. And what we would, the follow-up was, once they accepted Christ, we'd say, well, you need to get connected to, a, to some more believers. You need to, to, go to go to church service. And they would be like, well, uh, I don't want to go to a church service because, you know, I'm homeless. And we'd be like, no, they, they got church service at the mission. We would look for opportunities to show them how they continue along this life. Now let me, uh, real quick little side note. Some folks like living in that environment. And sometimes if we don't listen to what they're saying, because as you know, some of y'all know that we at God's house, we support um, homeless veterans house. And we have had hundreds of veterans come through there and we helped them, we've assisted those veterans. And then they'd be like, because I was a chaplain, I, I still am the chaplain, they'd be like, well, chap, I just like it out here better. And I didn't try to understand it. I just said, that's, I said but the, the thing is, I want you to live a life that's going to reflect Jesus even to the folks that you're hanging out with. Because that's the whole thing. No matter where you are, whoever you're hanging out with, they got to know that you are a follower of Jesus and have to look at it in such a way that they say, I want to follow Jesus like you follow Jesus. When they first, when the, when the Holy Ghost first came and they went downstairs speaking in languages that they did not know, and the people said, these folks are talking to us in our own tongue about the wonderful things of Jesus, they, they was like, okay, and Peter jumped up, preached that message, and it says that same day, 3,000 folks was added. Why? Because they saw something different. They saw something and they felt something that they said, I want to be a part of that. Yes, yes. Now, when they became a part of it, they didn't realize how uh, detrimental it was going to be because nobody liked the way at that time. And so they was coming against them, but guess what happened? As they came against them, instead of the folks falling off, they were drawn closer together because it's only you, me, and Jesus, my friend, and we're going to go through this together. Yeah. But how many of us have that same attitude? How many of us have a, a person that we believe that's a Christian that we can say, hey, I'm going through something. Can we pray? Can we talk about it? No, some, a lot. I'm sorry. Let me stop myself. Sometimes we feel like, I can't tell nobody at the church because the church folks going to look at me funny. You looking funny with even without us looking at you. Just come in and be who you are and say, I got an issue. 
And our responsibility to you is to say, you got an issue, that means we got an issue. We're going to come around you and help you walk through this issue. Now, after we help you walk, if you decide to go back, that's on you. But you can't say that we didn't try and do everything within our ability as your family to assist you to, to negotiate what you're going through. But no, we sit there and we all, well, you know, I say I'm a Christian, so I, I can't tell no other Christian. Wait, no, that's not how this works. The way that this works is we are dependent on one another. We are the body of Christ. We are the reflection of Christ to everyone that we encounter. And so when we encounter one another, we should be a reflection of Christ. We can't look at you and say, well, you, you've been saved for 20 years. You should know better and kick you to the curb. We should have the same level of empathy toward one another as we would to a person that we say that didn't know any better. Yes, yes. All right. Okay, I guess I just won't touch none of that today. So what we got to do is we have to have this mindset. I want to do this the way that Jesus would have done it. I want to walk in the way that Jesus would have walked in this. I want to be an example of how Jesus operated on earth. I don't want to be Jesus. I don't want to be Jesus. We just celebrated communion. I don't want to be Jesus. Jesus went through a whole lot for us. But what I do want to do is I want to show my appreciation of what he's done for us and be an example to other people to show them what it is to walk in what he's done for us. Okay? Amen. So I want us to get this this, this this attitude that I am the representative of Jesus wherever I am. I am the representative of Jesus wherever I am. I don't have to have a title. I don't have to be minister. I don't have to be evangelist. I don't have to be apostle. I don't have to be bishop. I don't, I don't need any, all I need to be is be who I am in Jesus. Paul told Timothy like this. He said, just do the work. Yes. Don't be worried, worried, worried about a title. Do the work. And if you do the work, then when God sees fit and sees the right timing, he will position you so that you can do what he's called for you to do if that title is what you're supposed to be doing. But we got to get our minds in the right lane. We got to travel in the right direction so that we are glorifying God in our bodies on the earth. Because if everybody that said is a Christian would just stop doing what they're doing and go to this location, the Christian area, and only serve other Christians, then how would there be any more Christians? That's, that's why Paul said you uh, uh, I mean, not, not Paul, but Jesus said, they are in the world, but they ain't of the world. And don't even take them out the world. Leave them right here and let them do what they're supposed to do. So that as you and I are one, that they will become one with us. So our oneness is in the fact that we are out in the world in the midst of condemnation, in the midst of folks coming against us and still holding our chest up high, holding our head up high, saying, I still love Jesus. 
So I just wanted to encourage you today, encourage you today to be what God has called for you to be. Don't just be a convert, one that has just become a Christian. Be a disciple, one who follows after, emulates, and is a scholar, a learned person of Jesus. Now, hold on, because I ain't telling all y'all to go to seminary. That is not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it. I'm saying that you learn from your experience with God how God does business. I want you to learn. I want you to grab hold of. I want you to see how God is working in your life and be able to articulate that to someone else. Be able to tell somebody else, you know what? All I know is this. I was riding on a donkey going to uh, condemn some folks. I fell off my donkey. God spoke to me. I was blind. Next thing I know, somebody prayed for me, I see. That's all Paul can say. He said, you can say I'm wrong. You can say all this. All I know is, this is my testimony. And so our testimony becomes our declaration of our discipleship. Alright? So, let me see if there's anything I can re recycle from my message my notes. Nope. Alright, so our biggest point, that my biggest point today is be that person walking in the purpose of what God has called for you to do. Which is to go therefore declaring who he is. Teaching others who he is. Baptizing. Doing all the things that he has commissioned us to do. And living the life that reflects him to everyone that we encounter. Alright? Alright. Now today, if all I said don't really make sense to you because you don't even know Jesus, let's change that. Today is a good a day as any for you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The process is not a hard process. All it requires is that you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you shall be saved. It then goes on a couple more scriptures down. It says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word saved means to be rescued, delivered from. And what are we rescued and delivered from? We're delivered from the penalty of sin because the penalty is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, that eternal life does not begin when you die. It begins when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yes, yes. A lot of people think that once you accept Jesus, you got some, some fire insurance, so you're not going to hell. No, no, that, that, that's minimal compared to all that he has for you. There's things that he wants to do in your life on this side. So he wants to open up opportunities to show you that he is working on your behalf. But we're not just in it for what we can get. We're in it because he has done something that we could not do for ourselves. And that is find peace. There's a peace, there's a part in us that it is inherent in us that we need God. Every anthropologist will tell you the reason that every civilization has had a religion is because there's a need to know that there's something greater than you that is superimposing and watching over you throughout your existence. We have a need. 
And God put that need in us. Now some of us have tried to do other things and we realize they're not as fulfilling. But if you accept Christ in your life, you will be fulfilled. And you will begin to do a great and mighty work in you. And uh, my other point to you is this, is I say this every time, is that this is not an individual event, it's a team event. Where we all come together and we band together to assist one another in order for us to become better followers of who Jesus is in our lives. And so that is what we want to do for you. And if you have accepted Christ today, we want to help you. If you're in the Simpsonville, South Carolina area, we have 642 Fairview Road. And if you're not in the Simpsonville, South Carolina area, you can contact us at info at godshousecc.com. We will get back with you and we will assist you along this journey, get you tied into some folk wherever you are, and so that we can help you to become all that God has called for you to be. Let us know. We will be there for you. Well, friends and family, that is episode number two. And we are going to be doing a, uh, starting a brand new, um, uh, episode, uh, brand new series starting uh, on the 15th because everybody in the world knows that next Sunday is the Mama's Day. So you don't be starting nothing but talk about Mama's on Mama's Day or else you're going to start a riot. I'm just kidding. I'm just saying this. Next week is Mother's Day. If your mother is still alive, please recognize her. If your mother has passed, you know, dwell upon the memories of the love that she has shown towards you. And even if you have not had the best of relationships with your mother, just thank God that she is the conveyance by which you are even on this earth. Amen. And that she did what she could. And if there's some other ladies that are like a mother to you, definitely recognize them so that they will know that somebody is thinking about them. All right? All right, until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.